Welcome back to Remember Country Music. This week I got to hang out with Clayton Shea. We talked a lot about his sound and how each song he's put out thus far sounds different and why that is. We also talked about what he's learned in the last year and a half that he's put out music. This is a fun one. Clayton Shea is on the RCM Podcast. Coming at you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. As usual, I'm Kyle Corbus, and uh, today we get to welcome Clayton Shea on the show, and I'm excited. I'm really excited. I feel like um, we've had this one uh, in in the in the works for a while here, um, and we've we've figured it out. And I'm glad to sit down with you, buddy. And uh, just how are you doing? What's going on? Doing good, man. Just uh, same old stuff. Just staying busy through what is considered the slow season here in Nashville. Um, you know, things kind of slow down a little bit when it gets colder. Tourism is not as popping in a in a walking city like Nashville, but we're doing all right. Not all bad. Right. So let's talk about that. That's always kind of an interesting thing and, and, and something that like I I knew, but I don't think I paid close attention to. So towards the end of the year, right, like in the late November, December mm-hmm. um, time of year here, uh, you're right. Things slow down. Like people, people start putting Christmas songs out and, you know, things like that. Um, I, I don't know about, the, uh, you know, it's okay. Like it's not, it's not okay. the worst. I just love new music. So I'm always like hungry for more, hungry for more, hungry for more. And I get it. I get it to an extent, but why, why is it stop it right before the new year? My thought is always, wouldn't you want to put something out right before the new year? Because it's right before the new year. But then again, it, once the new year starts, people are going to start pumping stuff out. So maybe you get dropped down, but I'm curious, which what you think, or what you even know about why people decide <clears throat> to just kind of put a halt on things, but not even really touring touring makes sense, but music wise less and less as we get close to the end of the year. You know, um, it's a good, it's a good question. I think that the general consensus is that it just, if you put out a song in the November to early january time it get, like you said it gets lost in the christmas music everyone's just playing that and that's what's going to be at the top of the playlists and that being said signed another man my second single i released december 23rd of last year right. and it's my biggest song so it's not like it's not like it's not possible yeah. um and also i'm i'm a big believer that at the end of the day a good a good song shines through it's going to yeah. You know, it's going to do what it does no matter what. It might do a little better if you release it at a certain time, but um, it's going to get discovered and going to do its thing no matter what. So, yeah, I don't think that it matters too much, but but yeah, you are competing with a lot of I mean, that's what people want to listen to this time of year is yeah. holiday music. And yeah, so I, I mean, I get it. Like, it, it totally makes sense. But I think you're right. And I, I guess I. I guess hearing you say it, it makes more sense where it's like, it, it is a, you know, a, it is a strategic thing. Like that, that is part of it. Like I, like I recognize that, but. Um, but it's interesting to think about if, you know, if there's 30 Christmas songs that come out in December, let's just say 30. And there's yeah. one, there's one song that's not, you'd think that that would be an appealing thing to people that they'd exactly. be like, this is refreshing to have something that's not, you know the right. same as everything else coming out you'd think that'd be i don't know it might uh, be i mean i, I totally agree. i totally agree with you because also let's think about it let's think about it too right like some of these christmas songs that are coming out are mm-hmm. basically covers i mean some of them some of them are original mm-hmm. but but few Most and far in between you, you find an original christmas song these days like you, you know pe- people just don't do it anymore because like you know um it's not that everyone's done it but i mean like you know there's a lot of christmas music out there so um basically people have done them all and you know occasionally they come out with new ones here and there but it's a lot of covers so um Mm -hmm. i would agree with you in the sense of you know you would think a, a, a new original song would shine through and maybe maybe people are just like like you said you put your you 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 put your song on december 23rd of last year right um and I guess that was a risk, right? But also at the same time, it worked well. It worked out for you, obviously, because you know the numbers on that thing are awesome. 
fucking crazy but um you know it, it, it's a little bit of a risk but if it works out it works out and then who says that it's just not the consensus that that's like the normal thing to do and why can't you break the habit that's the other I thing i think that i think that um if you look at it from a playlisting perspective then it makes the most sense not to um you know if you think about somebody just at home doing whatever they're doing around the house and they say hey alexa play whatever um during december they're way more likely to say hey play some christmas playlist or something you know it's it's much less likely to be their own playlist or something like that i guess that's that's one argument for is just what what are people more likely what like i guess the way my producer and i've looked at it too is like when are people going to stream the song the most right is it more likely that they do it in the summertime whenever they're out on a boat? You know, when are people listening to music the most too? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. You're right. You're totally right. I just thought that that was like a little bit of an interesting point because, you know, you, you think about it and, and it's, it is a pretty prevalent thing. And I don't think, unless you're like diving into music the way, you know, you guys do, or I guess even I do, like you don't think about the fact that this is the quote unquote, slow or dead season um yeah so so it's interesting so you were from um a small town in illinois right uh mm-hmm. yep and i I've, i find illinois so interesting because my sense of <laughs> geography is is not fantastic i'm gonna be completely honest with you. It's, it's pretty bad and if, if my dad's listening to this right now he's he's probably you know freaking out because he always said you should always have a geography class in high school. That's what you should have, right? He always says that. So Illinois is funny because like you have you have like the very rural parts of Illinois, and then you have you know obviously like the Chicago part of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're from the very Which rural. Is very part, different. Right? Yeah, yeah. So very Ch- different. Chicago. Chicago is about mm, twenty. You know, twenty percent, twenty five percent of Illinois. Uh, probably less than that. Not population-wise. Population-wise, it makes up a huge portion of Illinois. But ge- geographically, the portion of it is, you know, 20% of Illinois, and the rest is all cornfields. Yeah. And I, I thought so, that, I always thought that was so interesting. And I didn't know that until I met someone who grew up in the same spot, the same type of area. I don't know, same town, but same area. Yeah. And I was like, really? I, I was so surprised. And this person said mm-hmm. that, um going to like i was like are you are you a cubs fan or like you're a white Sox fan and he he was like no i'm actually like a cardinals fan because i grew up pretty close to st louis yeah if you're if you're south of mid if you're south of central illinois then it's usually cardinals and if you're north are you a cardinals fan you know i can't claim to be um i was and i have been I just haven't followed them in so long, man. I, I, I get this question all the time about sports. I love sports. I love playing sports. I love watching sports. I just don't have time to do it anymore. And I, I'm sure I could make time to, but I'm one of those people that, like, I don't do things halfway. Like, I, I dive all the way in. Yeah. So whenever I was following sports closely, I knew, like, every player and all their stats and yeah. every single detail of everything. And yeah. I just I don't have the brain space to obsess about something like that. I agree. I obsess about music. So yeah, that, that, I see. You know what? That makes total sense because for me, like I'm a huge sports fan too. Like I'm like I'm a big Yankees fan. I love the Yankees, and um, you know I love Army football. Go Army beat Navy, and uh, I I'm a Vikings fan. And and I will say over my last couple of years here, I think my my the the way I pay attention to them has dumbed down just a little bit i think in college like i was all in but i think the the part of it was like i i had this dream of being a sports journalist right but then i was Mm. also it kind of just started to burn out a little bit um because i was just looking at this stuff every single day and it was numbers news and all this stuff and then on top of that everyone wants to be the next you know big anchor free espn so like it's just like all these kids that come into class and they were like saying the same shit. And I was like, yeah, like not for nothing, but the odds of you getting on ESPN are pretty small. So I think it just kind of burned yeah. out. And I, you know, I love it. Like I still obviously watch the Yankees pretty closely and I watch, you know, army football. I still go to army football games all the time. Um, 
And then, you know, just the rest of it, just I watch it when I see it. And that's that, you know, I pay attention to it when I see it. And that, that's really it. And I still love it. I just don't, you know, I don't, I like, like you, I obsess over music. Like, I get excited when there's a concert in town or I get ins- excited, like when new, new music's coming out or like when there's full albums, like I will literally mm-hmm. sit down here in this basement and listen to a full album at midnight, the whole thing, the whole way through before I go to sleep to make sure that I listen to it. So no one else talks about it until I listen to it. Yeah. I do that stuff. That's what I do. And I think you're totally right. I agree. I agree. So you well, know, it's important. To, it's important to obsess about the thing that you want to do. I think right. um, that's what can put you ahead of somebody else. I mean, maybe it's not the healthiest thing to obsess about things, but <laughs> I think that's the only way that you stay driven and keep moving and progressing is to think about it, to eat, sleep and breathe the thing right. that you want to do. Right. I agree. I totally agree. So um, you know, if, if you're, if you're one of those people listening and you're like, oh, I, I love this one thing, then just go do it. Cause you know, you're only helping yourself if you're doing it, if you're doing it for a, for, for a hobby, or if you're doing it professionally, if you're just doing something to help yourself, then, you know, you're a step ahead of the person who's not doing that. That's the way I look at it. So, um, let's talk about you a little bit here. So in, like I said, you're from Illinois, right. And you moved to Nashville in 2018. Is it was it one of those things where, where you said, uh, you know, let's just go do it? Like this is this is what I want to do. Um, was you know, I I don't I don't ask the I question as in the influence question, um, just because you know, uh, it's just my least favorite question. But um, was country music always like your 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 thing? Was it was it was it always something where you said, okay, I want to I want to go this lane? And and even in that aspect, like you you have four songs out right now and for the most part they all sound different and and mm-hmm. you know sign another man is more of like a ballad kind of deal um you know more of a slower kind of thing and then you know the other three are definitely more more of like um it's 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 got some other producing aspects to it that sound great so like how how do you find that part in in moving to nashville when you're when you're a kid in 2018 and then kind of figuring out because you only released music within the last, you know, the last year and this year is so obviously it takes a while to get to that point, but you know, how yeah. do you, how do you kind of make that jump and figure out this is where you're going to go? Yeah. So to answer your question, it, it wasn't always country music for me. Um, I started, I was in my first band when I was 17 or 18, I think 18. And we were a, a funk rock band. <laughs> Our original music was like funk rock. Um, and pretty much everyone in that band hated country music. And at that point in my life, I'm from, a, you know, like we were talking about a, a rural area of Illinois, central Illinois. And there is definitely lots of people who like country music. But ironically enough, the mass majority of people, there was like this huge like stereotype against country music. Like if you like country music, you were like, I don't know, you were just looked down upon basically like it was all rock. It was all, I mean, that's just, that was what everybody was into. But uh, after being in this band for a year or two, maybe, um, I started to convince them to play a little bit of country. And I don't remember what happened with my transition when I started liking country music. But I think I gravitated more towards like the Jason Aldean and me too like Dustin Lynch early stuff, like this stuff, like Keith Urban, that was like really rocking country music whenever I first kind of transitioned. And I moved to Bloomington, uh, Illinois, and went to ISU, Illinois State, um, and started playing open mics all around town. And this one club that I played at every Wednesday is called Six Strings Club. The owner saw me play a few times, and he's like, dude, he's like, we got to get a band around you. And I was like, I have a band. And he's like, well, he's like, what do they play? And I was like, I mean, mostly like rock, like heavy rock and funk rock and stuff like that. And he's like, we need to get you playing country music. And I was like, I don't know about that. And he's like, come out on a Saturday night here and see a country, country band play this crowd and tell me that's not what you want to do. And so I did, I came out and there was 350 people and they're all, partying and i mean the shows that i played with this other band were never big we were all kids but i mean they were never like i don't know it was just a different vibe like we play 
stuff people knew, but also lots of stuff people had no idea like what it was. And so to see like these people getting down to this country music, I was like, all right, I could, I could try that out. (laughs) And so I've kind of developed into this thing. I'm I'm trying to answer all your questions in one. Yeah. That was a very long winded question. I apologize. No, you're you're good. You're good. I think I'm, I think I'm going to nail this. Um, (laughs) You're on the right track. So, so that transitions into my love of pretty much all types of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love like the Beatles and Frank Sinatra and, yeah. and then all the way from that to like Metallica and like Godsmack. And <laughs> I, I'm on my taste is all over the place. So that answers your question about um, the diversity in my singles, yeah. like my mentality, you know, everyone's worried about branding and, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something with it, but my, whole strategy has just been like put out good music as long as it's quality and that i like it and i identify with it and i don't feel like i'm being amen to that not not genuine basically yeah it's uh it's sad to me whenever people are so limited by uh genre like specific genre um i I think that good music wins overall i don't get hung up and and this is country and this is not country um, I think that country music has become this wide blanket term for lots of different styles, basically. And I think that we live in a time that's more acceptable than ever to be really diverse and within the genre, too. Um, so speaking my language, totally speaking. Yeah, my language. I agree. I think, you know, that- and, it, and it might come a time where something really hits like if if reckless for example if reckless blew up and was like massive then i would probably lean into that just like any other artist would right but i i also always want to be able to just do what i want to do like i want to put out like my next song is going to be a very rock country song it's it's going to be very different from reckless and that's kind of what i intend to do moving forward at least for the foreseeable future is every song be different than the last but also i'm trying to be better every time too if i can right and i respect the hell out of that because think about it this way too the 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 way i i everything you just said totally speak my language and things i've probably said on here before so i'm not going to repeat anything you just said because you said it better than (laughs) i would ever say so the the way i see it is you have these four songs out and you're going to put out a fifth right and you say they're all different and you know i agree with you because if you look at the track record so far the first four are different um and i think that's awesome for this purpose because you have to remember like you said not everyone loves country music it is a very it is one of those genres honestly i think it is one of those genres that is so hard to get some people to listen to like I think it's just one of those things. You can kind of get anyone to listen to anything, but I think it's the hardest thing is to get someone to listen to country music, honestly, because they come in with I these pre, with pre, pre-perceived notions. Yeah, like they yeah. they come in with 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 a thought already, and whether we give them that thought or not, they're already going to say no. Um, and I hate that. Yep. And I hate that. But the reason why I love that is because I love having someone say absolutely not, and then someone sit back and go, hmm. This isn't too bad. I kind of like this. I love that. It's like one of my favorite things. And this is coming from a guy who listens from everything to Jason Aldean to the most honky tonk, you know, traditional country like that. I sure I listen to it all, right? So um my favorite thing is doing that. And what I think is great about what you're doing is I can pull your four songs, right? And send your four songs to a friend who'd never touched country music before. And I guarantee you at least one of them, they're going to say, I like this. I like this a lot. And that's the best thing is like, you don't have to sell yourself to someone on everything. You just have to sell them on one thing. And by doing that, by doing it differently, you have the capability of doing that. Yeah, the idea, at least, I mean, I'm I'm still building, like you said, I'm in, I'm in the first year and a half of having put music out. So my idea now is cast a wide net and see what catches and and lean into that thing eventually. Um, you know, I didn't first, it's, it's funny because you never think that the one that does well is going to be the one that does well. Like, mm-hmm. Sign Another Man was never, to me, I was, I was not like, this is going to be huge. Like, I had no idea that it was going to do what it did. And I've never, 
thought of myself as like a traditional country artist. That song is very traditional and very ballady, like you said, though. Yeah. I mean, it has it has like a rock ballad vibe to it, but it's the closest thing to traditional country music I've ever done. So I guess to lean into that thing would feel a little bit weird. Like I can't see myself like wearing cowboy hats and pearl snaps. And I mean, I love all that stuff, but it's just not, it wouldn't be genuine for me. Yeah. People would be like, dude, you're, you're being phony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more of like a Jordans and ball cap and. And that's you know, who you are. That's, that's cool. Like, that's cool. But, but I think that I still think that, um, even though that is kind of all the way on that extreme for me, it's still authentic to me. It's still, a, you know, it's, it's something that I identify with the message, everything about it. So I think yeah. that is what overall shines through in a show is like, people still feel like it's authentic because of that. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's great. And I think that, that, um, you know, I feel like there's where we live in a world where as, as, as well as the fact that, you know, now is the best time where you're allowed to be different and be diverse and like that. That's awesome that you can do that and take those risks. I also feel like we live in a world where everyone is is kind of, you know, looking at the next person saying like, okay, that's weird that that person's doing that. And I think that that's just how it is. And if you can own it and, you know, kind of run with it, then it's like an F you to them. So I think it's cool that, and that's how, cause that's how I feel like that's how I kind of live my life. It's like, you know, I don't really care what someone's going to think. You just kind of have to do it. And if you own it, then you're never going the wrong way. So like, let's say someone wants to look at you and be like, mm -mm, that's like, like some dude from Texas from like the most like rural part of Texas. Right. What if they were to look at you and be like, guy can't sing country music. He's wearing Jordans and a, you know, ball cap. Right. Like yeah. there are definitely people that say that. 100 percent yeah and um i just think it's cool that like you can kind of shut them up by just like opening your mouth and just like singing a song and you know it's it, I, I just like how how you how your music and how your voice and you know what you put out is is very um universal for for a lot of people and you know there's something that you know everyone's gonna like and i i, I really do believe that and stand by that so um well, I, just thanks, think cool. I just think it's cool and, and I you know I think that uh, what you said a second ago about, um, you, you know, you could show this to somebody who's not even a country music fan and they'd find something they like. That's that's one of the biggest compliments that I ever get is whenever somebody comes up to me and they say, dude, I'm not even a country music fan. And I loved that song, whatever, whichever one that they identified with. Mm -hmm. I played a showcase a couple of days ago um, in Midtown and one of the bartenders, that's what he said. You know, he's this dude wearing gauged earrings. He's got his hair swooped. I mean, you know the, the type of person. Yeah. And not the type of person that's going to listen to country music typically. Right. And I got done and I was closing my tab. He's like, dude, he's like, you guys freaking crushed it. Like, I'm not a country music fan, but I loved that song, Neon. He's like, that song is like a punk pop country song. Hell like, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's exactly what we were going for when we wrote it. Yeah. So, um, and then also, what was I going to say? I was going to try to talk, speak to the text oh as far as um staying within your 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 uh your lane with like yeah. what kind of genre specific vibe you have and there not being a better time than now to be outside of that tiktok i mean i hate tiktok but it's, Me too, it's dude. done what it's, it's done what it's done for musicians and i yeah. i think any love that i have for it is because of that so yeah. it's taken what we used to be, which was this radio world where you had to stay within this lane of what's popular and do that. Otherwise you're wasting your time yeah. to now you can do pretty much anything you want. And if you can make it relatable to people, then it'll find its audience somehow. Yeah. Like there's the audience is out there. It's always been out there. It's just been really hard to get it to them. And now TikTok has made it. So it's not as hard basically. I agree. I agree. I, I hate the app too. I'm on it. Obviously I think, I think everyone, everyone's on, excuse me. And, um, you know, I do my fair share of trying to, you know, help this thing out by using my TikTok. but, um, sure. it's, it's one of those apps where, you know, I, I didn't want to get it. And, you know, it, we were, it was, it was at this, I remember exactly. It was, it was right at the start of, you know, the quarantine period. And we were, I got sent home from college and I was doing nothing. And, you know, my, my, 
brother and my sister were on TikTok and they were like, yo, you should download it. I'm just like, not at all. I was like, I'm not doing this in the slightest bit. And it was for the sole purpose of the fact that I was trying to just, you know, be the cooler guy and say, I don't have TikTok. Right. But it was yeah. also one of those other apps. I was like, I don't want to download another app. Plus, you know, once I realized that, that it had Vine energy to an extent, I was like, oh, this, 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 this could be good. So I like it now. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I go down the rabbit hole real, real easy. Me too. I, me yeah. too. And it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Like really, really bad. But um, no, I think it's a great app and I think it's really helped out musicians and, and um, you know, doing what it does is, is, is cool to see. So I agree with you. And I think that it allows people to kind of open their minds a little bit to something that, and, and artists, something sound wise and artists that they may not have known before um so it's 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 nice to see that and it's nice to 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 find those new faces and find those new sounds so overall the app's okay we'll say it's okay (laughs) we're not gonna say it's perfect it's okay um so let's 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 kind of break down some of these songs here so so um we have girl like you which is your which was your debut song um and then Mm -hmm. like we mentioned sign another man uh neon the newest one we have reckless um so um i don't want to kind of double back on what we just said here um because we talked a lot about them as it is but what i'm kind of curious about is so so you obviously had a hand in writing all of these um Mm -hmm. which i think is awesome because besides being you know a great artist you're also a great songwriter and and you know i i think that that's a very, you know, very great thing to have, especially in, in today's world of music. Um, where all of these ideas, you know, like like we we've mentioned the fact they're all different. We don't have to talk about that. But where all these yeah. ideas kind of um do they kind of just come and you just say, Okay, guys, let's let's write them. Also, like you co-wrote them. You didn't you didn't you didn't write them all by yourself, which is a whole other yeah. deal that like I can't even I can't write a song and I can't even think about writing songs with other people because I feel like it just <laughs> one, I feel like I would just be like, you know, when you're in a like group project and you just like you have yeah. an idea, but you don't want to say that idea because you think it's a dumb idea. That's how I feel like my co-writes would go. <laughs> yeah, no. Um that's that's funny you say that i mean there is definitely that you have to get over that and you have to get your your confidence in a right mm-hmm. it's important to be comfortable with the people you're writing with um anytime i write with somebody new i always try to make it a point to have like a 30 minute period where we get there no matter what time we got to be done even if we've got an hour i'm like 30 minutes is dedicated to just shooting the shit like we're gonna get to know each other yeah we're gonna get comfortable because otherwise like you said there's going to be that reluctancy to to say things and you might miss something that's great if you even if you throw out a stupid line that somehow sparks something in my head then i'm like oh that it's not that's not it but like that's cool and here's another line that makes more sense like that happens all the time and you have to be comfortable with the people you're in in the room with to say something stupid like that's one of my favorite things to say is like this isn't it but here's the line <laughs> like, yeah. and then you say that's like somebody made a t-shirt once that had like all these different sayings on it and that was it like this isn't it but and it's like <laughs> the line or whatever you know um but yeah so going back to your original question of how do these songs start it's it's always different um girl like you i was writing with a couple of buddies john Kraft and garrett jacobs and we got a song done and John and I are, are good buddies with uh, Taylor Phillips. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah. He's, he wrote Hurricane for Luke Combs and Good As You and Homesick for Kane. And he's, he's got Up by Luke Bryan. He's, he also wrote Found You, which is my, probably my favorite Kane song. Deep cut. And, uh, and yeah. And uh, Small Town Small, Aldine's mm-hmm. yep. potentially going to be his, new, his next radio single, a lot of us think. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, that was my my first single, and the way that that happened was Garrett Jacobs, John, and I finished a write, and John's like, "Hey, you guys want to write with Taylor?" He said he said he'll stop by, and we're like, uh, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> and so he came over. We wrote a song called "Damn That Truck," which is a great song. John Kraft actually cut that one, and uh, we're packing our stuff up, and Taylor just started like playing that melody on the guitar and just kind of going baby where's a girl like you come from 
and we like all stopped and like looked over and like unpacked our shit like got it back out (laughs) and we wrote that one so we wrote three songs in like five hours that day that's crazy Um, that's crazy and at that point in time i was very like stuck in that like what's my sound gonna be what like just really worried like is this too pop country for me and eventually i was just like all right this is the best song i have and so i have to i need to get going like i need to do something i was tired of not having music out and and i wrote that with a hit songwriter and he wanted me to to cut it so i i decided to do it and i'm glad i did because it got the ball rolling and then uh sign another man that song was very different from girl like you it took us like seven hours to write that one song uh, the first writing session, we just explored until we found we didn't even have a, a like a song title or anything. We just we wanted to write a non-traditional breakup song that wasn't the standard like I hate you, you hate me, we have bad blood. It's more like uh, things ended and that's OK because it happens like you either with the person you're with for the rest of your life or you're not. Yeah, that's how I look at it. I and mean, it's it's straight up. That's like how that's how breakups are. Breakups are so are a natural part of a relationship. Like yeah. it's it's either like I said, it's either gonna last forever or it won't. Like those are your two options. So there's not really an in between. I, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, and I thought it's funny that I just think it's funny that people get so like, I mean, breakups suck, no doubt, but like that there's this like stigma, this like stereotype that you have to be enemies with your ex. And it's like, it's, it's sad to me. Like, I was just like, let's write a song. that's like wishing them well, almost. It's like, which is so cool because that's, that's like, not, you don't see that very often. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I get a lot of flack. (laughs) I've got the videos got three point, almost 3.2 million on YouTube. And so, you know, you show something to that many people and you're going to have, a lot of hate as a percentage you know even if it's five percent of those people that are assholes <laughs> you know say yeah. whatever like say like hey quit simping or whatever you know like <laughs> i've gotten that a lot well my answer to them is like they're like really bro you, you're gonna write them a note like you're telling me i need to write my ex's new guy a note i'm like <laughs> no it's not to be taken so literally it's it's a sentiment it's it's meaning like don't be don't you don't have to have bad blood like wish yeah. them well like 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 get over the breakup move on like why is why does it have to be if you see your ex's new person out in a bar that you have to like want to fight them or whatever yeah, yeah, it's like absolutely. it's silly yeah. unless unless there's other things going on that you know are extenuating circumstances <laughs> if it's just you didn't work out and there was somebody else like that's within their right you know yeah and you should yeah. wish them well yeah so uh Anyways, didn't mean to go down that whole that rabbit hole so far, but um, yeah, we, we, so the first writing session, we found the title, second writing session, we dove into it and uh, we knew we had something special. So we wanted to take our time on it. Neon, um, uh, it was late at night and I had the, 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 the hook idea. Um, I was just trying to think of like, you know, standard country themes. And I was like running through them basically, you know, like, the standard stuff, you know, truck bed, back road, cornfield. Yeah. I landed on ne- I landed on neon, and I was like neon. I thought I love that. Like I love that word, the whole you know vibe behind it. And I was like, what could I do regarding that that hasn't been done? Yeah. So I just kept saying it. I was like neon, neon, and I was like, oh, ne- neon. I was like knee on the ground. Like there's something with that for sure. And so I met with That's my buddies, cool. Andrew, Andrew Capra cool. and uh, Ryan Robinette the next day, or yeah, might have been the next day or a couple of days later. I saved the title for, you know, somebody that I knew would help me do it well. And they helped me massage in that type, the, you know, the tagline of since that night in the neon knew I'd put my knee on the ground. That's so cool. So thanks, man. Yeah, it's, uh, that's my, that's probably my favorite one that I put out, honestly. That's awesome. Um, but it's the, the whole idea stemmed from, are you familiar with Walker McGuire? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was buddies with them. I wouldn't say we we're like close buddies or anything, but I opened up for them a few times. And um, when they were getting their start, like when they're starting to like really launch, they played around where I'm from a decent amount. And uh, I remember Jordan Walker telling this story about how like his girlfriend, his girlfriend at the time, his wife now, uh, was in the audience and you know 400 people in here sold sold out this place and he was talking about how 
he ha- he was not looking, but then this girl came into the bar one night that could drink whiskey better than he could. And he said he knew from that very moment that he wanted to spend the rest of his <laughs> life with her. And I was like, that's such a wild thing. I don't, I don't know that I'd ever feel that way towards somebody. If it ever happens, that'll be awesome. And I'll love that. But to think about like seeing somebody and knowing from the second that you see them that you want to spend the rest of your life with them. Like that's something really powerful. And I think a lot of people can relate to it. Um, And then reckless um, came about. um, I went through a breakup about, uh, let's see, it's probably April of this year. And, um, you know, looking at that relationship and other um, experiences I've had since then and prior to, it's it's interesting how a lot of times people jump into things without thinking a lot. Um, they just do what feels right and it ends up getting them in a bad situation, whether it be a relationship or a hookup situation. The song's written more about a hookup situation where you're hooking up with somebody and their golden, you know, the rule when you're hooking up is don't catch feelings. Right. And so the song's about one person catching feelings and the other person not basically. Mm-hmm. And how that can, you know, it was being reckless. It was doing something that you knew wasn't going to pan out, but you did it anyways and you let your feelings get involved. And uh, yeah. So we took that one a very poppy route. And yeah. The production on that, I think, I say Neon's my favorite song, but I think that production-wise, Reckless is my favorite. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said it because it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I was just talking to my producer the other day, and I was like, dude, um, for the first time since I put all these songs out and these music videos, I I went back and listened to all of them in order. And I was like, I'm really impressed with how we've done things and how we've you know, the idea is to always improve. Yeah. Um, and so I think we've done a good job of that. You know, everyone yeah. on my team, everyone on my team too, the videos have gotten better. The production's gotten better. Um, I'm just trying to keep up at this point. <laughs> so I'm just trying to keep up with my team is what I mean. I'm like, they're, well, they're all crushing it. Well, that too. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm a, uh, <clears throat> I'm one of those people who, has a little bit of probably imposter syndrome. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with that term. Yeah, yeah. Like you're waiting on people to figure out that you don't really yeah. belong where you are. So, yeah. so when you say keep up with the success, I, some people might call it humility. Some people might call it imposter syndrome. But it's like for me, it's like man, that's weird <laughs> that people think that I'm successful. But well, I mean, I, I, appreci- I do appreciate it. I think that 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 you should give yourself more credit, but then again, that's coming from a guy who gives himself no credit. So I I, I think that if, I, if yeah. I took my own advice, then I would you know maybe be better off. But um, I, I I think that you have success, like you you do, you know that. You look at your streaming numbers, Thank right? You. you know your well, your first your first song, and and I'm not saying that that. And the numbers are everything. That's not what I'm saying. Cause they're not in my personal opinion. I mean, like if I had a million streams, like I'd, I'd be pretty happy about it, but yeah, as long as you're loving what you're doing and that's the most important part too, is like, I, I can tell by, by you talking about all these songs and breaking them down that you're just loving what you're doing and you're loving doing it your way. So that's, if you don't have that, then there's no point of doing this, right? Like that. Absolutely. There's just nothing there, but if you look from a numbers perspective, your first song has like, well, it has over a million streams on all platforms or, you know, in, mm-hmm. in that range. And then the second mm-hmm. song obviously blew up and you know, you're, in the, yeah. you're in the three mils for that. And, you know, that may not happen every song, but <clears throat> it's still success in my eyes and you're, you're still getting somewhere and, you know, you're, you're, you're hitting people to the core. And I think that that's important to recognize this for yourself as an artist and, and realize that you're doing it the right way and you're doing it well. So, um, yeah, that's I think every once in a while. Gas up on you. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, thank you. I, I do appreciate that. And I do need that too from people. Cause like I said, I, I'm very critical of myself. I, every once in a while I can step back and look at things objectively and be like, all right, I have 1.4 on this one and this and on this one. And, and I look at it, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. Yeah. But it's very short lived. It's always followed by, but this person's got 4 million on that song. And so I could, I should be doing better. Like, I'm, it's, it might not be healthy, but 
that mentality keeps me driven. Like yeah. it, it keeps me wanting more and it keeps me, you know, enough is never enough. It makes probably results in me having some bad days every once in a while, you know, mm-hmm. comparing yourself to others is not necessarily the healthiest thing. And I never look at it like, I don't ever view them negatively because of it. You know, it's never like, I hate that person because they're doing better than me. It's, it's always like, this person's doing this more than I am. What are they doing this different than what I'm doing? So I can do something similar, you know, copy them in my own way, kind of. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my mentality. But um, yeah, I, I, people commend me on my drive a lot of times. And I think that's what it stems from is I'm a perfectionist and enough is never enough. That's right. I think you can always, even you can if always I get, grow, you can always grow. Yeah. I think yeah. even if I get to my ultimate goal of like, I would love to have a number one song. I'd love to be touring in arenas. I think even if I get there, I think it won't be enough. Right. And it worries me a little bit, but I think what I'd do at that point is like, if I reach like a glass ceiling, if I reach a pinnacle of success in music, I think that I'd have to find something else to obsess about on top of it. Yeah, I think it'd have to be like writing a book or, you know, whatever, you know, acting or something <laughs> like that. Being able to play 10 instruments. <laughs> right. Well, that would be awesome. I'd love that. Actually, it's funny you say that because like that's something that I've always wanted to do is be proficient in other instruments. But I feel like right now I can't I can't spend hours a day playing guitar because I'll suffer songwriting and my songwriting right. or in my recording or my booking right. or you know whatever so so what, that would be what, definitely what, do something you just play the with. guitar do you just play the guitar i play bass in a band too okay. um that's a whole other subject but uh I, I can play uh drums fairly well not super great that's one instrument that i've always felt like if i had just some time yeah. to get sit down and get fluid with like drums just make sense to me i'm very rhythmically oriented Cool. Um, but, uh, like, wait, can I ask you a drum question before you? So I was at, sure. I was at, um, I was at Luke Holmes like earlier this past last week. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how this all happened, but I, I saw Luke Holmes and Eric church in the same week and it's been like the greatest week of my life. So, um, <laughs> so my girlfriend was sitting next to me and, and Luke's drummer was playing and, and, you know, I, I think it may have been, she got the best of me, but it could have been, um, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was another song. I can't remember, but she looked at me and she said, don't they get tired? Cause drummers really, they really, they go in on this thing. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, how does your, like, how do your forearms just not give out after like five songs? <laughs> right. You know, that's a good question, man. I don't know. I honestly, I'm, I'm sure they do. Um, yeah. It takes, a special kind of person to play drums for four hours or, you know, they're not playing for four hours, but they're playing for two hours or two and a half or whatever. But even so it's, if it's high energy and I always prefer the drummers that are fun to watch that are moving around and not just playing in a boring way. Um, If they're playing with high energy, it's gotta be exhausting. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I, I, I don't, um, I don't get it. Like I don't, and I'm, I'm, I'm mesmerized by watching these guys play because um, it's just like, it's, it's really cool. So, um, you know, I, th- that was just my little, my little drummer. I, I just wanted to ask you, cause I don't know any drummers and I, I don't know any that uh, play well either. So. I wish I had a, I wish I had an answer for you. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> I think, um, I think every person gets, I mean, every person on stage has got their own thing that they do. That's exhausting Man, nothing, nothing exhausts me like playing, like a high energy show as a front man, like the engagement and just moving around and obviously singing. Um, I, I, I played that showcase the other day. It was 30 minutes and it felt like I ran a marathon afterwards. Like I got (laughs) off stage and I was just, I got off stage and I was like, Oh my God, why am I so drained from a 30 minute set? Like it doesn't make (laughs) any sense. But my, my goal is always from downbeat to just give them a hundred percent of what you got. Right. No matter if it's 10 people or uh, 10,000 people or, you know, a hundred thousand, yeah. no matter what it is, you know, you give them everything you got. I think that's Absolutely. cool. Clayton, I got to ask you a question here uh, to wrap it up. I feel like this is a kind of a, kind of a good question. And one that I was, you know, <laughs> pretty proud of when I, when I thought of it, <laughs> not that I sit down and I'm like, but I'm kind of like, it's, it's kind of weird. Cause when I, when I, for people who don't know, like I 
I don't, I have bullet points. I don't have questions. Like I told you. And I think that sometimes I'll be like thinking about what I'm going to do. And I guess this happens to songwriters, which is why I think this is funny. And I'll be like, just doing whatever. And I'll just be like, Oh damn. Like that's something I want to ask. And I'll just pop in my head and I'll write it down or else I'll forget about it. Um, But you moved to Nashville in 2018. Mm -hmm. What, what is different about that kid that took the leap of faith, you know, some odd years ago. And if you could go back and tell that kid something else, what would you tell him? Man, so much, honestly. I mean, that was only three and a half years ago, but it feels like that was a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, I think the first thing I would say is work harder. Um, Because when I got to town, I played bass for a band, Mm -hmm. a pretty successful band. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Blackjack Billy at all, but I had a song back in. Yeah, back in uh, 2013 or 14, Booze Cruise was their big single and still riding that wave. But um, I joined them and started playing bass for them and touring a decent amount. But there's a lot of weekend stuff and I would just do nothing through the weeks. And I now I'm like kicking myself. I wish I could go back and be like, hey, fill your calendar up, you lazy piece of crap. <laughs> like, um. And I'd also tell them to focus on building relationships and not worry so much about trying to climb the ladder. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when they move to town is they try to get in these rooms with people that they have no business getting in rooms with. Yeah. And a lot of times it creates like a weird relationship between you and that person because like I was reaching out to like number one songwriters when I moved to town and I was like, Hey, let's get, let's like, let's write a song sometime. And like I had written very few songs at that point in my life and they are so far beyond me. Like, it creates this weird dynamic where they have to tell you like no or they just don't respond and or whatever you know so um i would have told i would tell myself back then like write with everyone you can write with which i did eventually but like just write as much as you can and meet those people meet those number one songwriters and make an impact on them on a personal level not you know don't even mention music like that's one of the if, if there's anyone that watches this that's new to town or new to like writing or any of that, that's one of my biggest points of advice is if you want to continue to move up in that world and you want to have these friends that are successful in the industry, don't talk about music. Just go meet them and be a regular ass person. Just yeah. talk to them about your interests aside from songwriting, what they did that day. You know, if they like the golf or what yeah. their favorite sports team is, whatever you can find to identify with those people. Not that this sounds like, you know, like I'm teaching you how to be a fake person, but it's not. You're being a real person. Like you're just, you're just being a friend. Yeah. It, it kind of goes back to what I said about if I meet, if I'm in a write with somebody I've never been in a write with, I have to spend 30 minutes getting to know them because yeah, I respect you, before you ever, I mean, there's too many people in this town that want the people who are doing well. So if you're, you're just going up and be like, hey, can we write sometime? You're just going to fall into that category of yeah. all those other people that just want to use them for something to, to progress, to climb that ladder. And I was concerned with that when I first moved to town. So I would say I'd tell myself, like, chill out, meet people, become friends with them, let the other stuff develop if it develops. But you can never know enough people in this town. Like the more people you know, the better off you are especially if you're a good person, like just be a good hang. That's gets you so much further than talent or looks or anything else ever. will is just being a good person. Yeah. I, so. I respect that. I respect that. And I think that that's really important because like I told you here, I mean, not, not that I'm trying to relate to it, but like I told you here, like my thing and my, like the, the reason why I think I like to do this is because I, personally just like making the connection and i think that that's important that you also like doing that before you get to business because all in all right like if i sit here and talk to you for 20 minutes before we hit record the conversation's already going to be better if you sit down and talk to someone 30 minutes before you start writing a song the song's already going to be better because you know more about that person mm-hmm. and you didn't just say let's write a song mm-hmm. you, you know you asked about them and you want to know more about them and either you know them before or you don't at all. And you're just really just trying to get to know them. So it's not awkward, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, that's important. I think the connection is important. And, you know, like you said, be a friend, be kind to people and it goes a long way. So I like that. Well, yeah. I mean that, that right there, just also like if you're talking about like 
I mean, my buddy Taylor, for example, I knew he was a hit songwriter and I wanted to hang out with him because of that. But I also didn't want him to think for a second that I wanted to use him for that. Right. Um, so, you know, I hung out with him a bunch of times before I ever wrote with him. And I also never mentioned it. I was like, if this is ever going to happen, it'll happen. Right. And it did. And it turned out really well. Um, you know, he's, he's a great dude and that, and I want to write with good people too. Yeah. I, even for myself, even if you're a number one songwriter, but you're an asshole, I don't want to write with you. Like, yeah. I don't care that much about like progressing my career to the point where I just want to work with people who I don't respect or that I don't like admire really. So yeah, that's what it's about for me yeah. too. That's I agree. I, I think that's cool. And I think that, that at the end of the day, that'll take you far and, you know, it's important to, to look at it that way. And, you know, it's, it's for the love of the game. And if, and if, and if, you know, you're, if you're doing it and you're successful and you're a good person at the end of the day, like you, you did it. So I think that's cool. And, and I, I respect that so much and, you know, just keep doing it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Clay and man, thank you for coming to hang out with me. Thanks for, for, for coming to sit down with me for a little bit and getting to talk about you and some, and some music and, and just kind of hang. So I really appreciated it and um, you're awesome. So thanks so much. I do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, brother, for having me. I appreciate you. Of, of course. So, what's next? You have you have you mentioned a song. So you, can you can you tell us anything about the song that's coming sure. out? Sure. Yeah. Gonna, what? Or maybe a date. Yeah. I don't know, whatever you got. Uh, I don't have a date. Um, we are starting in a studio tomorrow, actually. Okay. So tomorrow is our first day. Um, the song is called "Good for Nothing." Cool. And it's like, uh, have you heard the song, like the Lazy Song by Bruno Mars? Yeah. It's like the country version of that. Basically. Very cool. It's uh, so the the tagline is basically today feels like it's good for nothing. That's dope. And it's like it's about like waking up hungover or you know the <laughs> the sun's not in the sky and all these different things and basically just about being a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> but it's high energy and it's and it's rock it's rock country for sure. That's cool. Um, you know, we, we've, I have a demo of it, so we haven't actually started in the studio, obviously, but yeah. that's my vision for it is that it'll be very high energy, very rocking. So, and sick. I have an, another song that I might surprise my producer with tomorrow and be like, Hey, we're doing two songs because <laughs> I have this other song that I absolutely am in love with that. Uh, it's, it's got like a real, like chasing, chasing you vibe. Morgan Wall. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um it's it's in the top three of my favorite songs I've ever written. Cool. But but as far as not to get down this rabbit hole again, but real quick, like when we're talking yeah. about releasing different stuff every time, um, that is my strategy. And it's it need, this next one needs to be very different. So like the rock thing is it makes sense to do this other one, it would be like kind of, of like the sign another man vibe almost a little bit but um yeah i might just do two songs in the studio and just release cool. them back to back real quick hell yeah hell yeah i love that that's dope dude thank <laughs> you so much for coming to hang out with me i look forward to all that new music and and you know just seeing whatever else you got coming on um you know you're you're, you're obviously you know a, a big listen in my uh in my earbuds here so uh, I'm, I'm really you, excited to just kind of to, to see what you got going and see what you got coming up next. And, and uh, I'll be there to follow along on the journey. Um, everybody, you can follow Clayton on Instagram at Clayton Shea Music, all one word. Um, yeah. And uh, follow us at RCM underscore podcast. That was another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe. And like I said, follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, Everywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, the iHeartRadio app, you know, anywhere you listen, it's there. So um, go listen to it. Go stream all of Clayton's music. And um, yeah, that was another episode of the Member Country Music Podcast. I'll see you next week. I'm Kyle. That's Clayton. Talk to you later.